Welcome to Televis Goodness. What do you get when a cow laughs? What? A milkshake. Oh, a milkshake. I wish that's how it worked. Hanging out with cows. Yeah. (laughs) That's our oldest son, John Hudson. He brings a lot of laughter into our home. But his life has also taken us on a unique journey of seeing God's goodness even when things aren't good. In season one, we heard of God's goodness and salvation. But can we continue to tell of God's goodness even in the midst of trials? I'm your host, Carrie Stafford. In 2016, John Hudson was diagnosed with a severe heart defect. As I retell our story through my journals, prayers, and letters, my hope is that you will join me in saying yes, even in the midst of my trials. God is good. Episode 18 of Season 2, First Five Days of Life. April 23rd, 2016. Day three of John Hudson's life. He was born at 9.25 p.m. on Wednesday night, April 20th, 2016. So beautiful. He came out strong, and to my surprise, they let me hold him for a short minute before taking him to the NICU. Later in the night, I got to visit him in the NICU and cried happy tears over my son. I have been given the joy of holding him now, bottle feeding and changing diapers. He came off the oxygen tube today. Thank you, Lord. April 25th, 2016. A letter to John. You're here. We've had five days so full of joy getting to know you, see your face, watch you learn to open your eyes, say goodnight prayers, feed you, cuddle with you, sing to you, read to you, stare at you, and kiss you all over. We arrived at the hospital at 5 a.m. Wednesday morning, April 20th, to get your birthday party started. They started your mom on Pitocin to induce my labor around 7 a.m., and then we waited, and waited, and waited some more. Dad and I even watched the movie The Little Rascals in the afternoon because I was telling everyone that's exactly what you were being, a little rascal. Your Biba, Paul, Shay Shay, Cha-Cha, Grandma Cory, Aunt Courtney, and Great Grandmama either dropped by or stuck around all day and into the night to be a part of your arrival. You are so loved. There was one part during the afternoon when your heart rate dropped and they had to take me off of Pitocin and on oxygen to try to stabilize your little heart. I was tempted to fear, but the Lord reminded me of a story from God's word that your dad had recently shown me in 2 Chronicles 20, where King Jehoshaphat fought a great battle by praying and singing to the Lord and the Lord defeated his enemies. This led me into singing songs of praise to our God and soon enough, your heart rate was back to normal and we were at it again. Around 9 p.m., they said it was time and wheeled us off to another room closer to where you needed to go after birth. When we arrived in the room, Dad began to pray over us, and all the nurses and doctors stopped what they were doing to join us in prayer. It was such a special moment. Then at 9.25 p.m., April 20th, you made your big arrival, 6 pounds, 2 ounces, and 19 inches long. Oh, son, I can't describe the joy my heart felt when they held you up 
and I saw your face for the first time. It was truly one of the greatest moments of my life. I got to touch your little hand before they took you off to the resuscitation room, but since you were doing so well, they brought you back into the delivery room so I could hold you for a moment and get our first family picture. Then you went off to the NICU to get settled in with your medicine and oxygen. Dad was able to spend some time with you a little bit while I was in recovery, but around midnight I was wheeled into the NICU to get to see you. I wasn't saddened by your being in the NICU, but I sure was overwhelmed with emotion as I stared at my son. You are such a special gift from God. They moved you to the PCICU early the next day while your mom and dad were still sleeping. Or trying to. Your sweet dad ended up sleeping on the floor because that reclining chair wasn't quite long enough for him. Friday and Saturday, we got to spend some time with you in the PCICU, and you had lots of sweet visitors. We went home from the hospital Friday night, but all your sweet PICU aunts and uncles, as we call them, were, and still are, taking the best care of you. Over the weekend, they started trying to feed you a little through a bottle so you could have a chance to catch on to the suck-swallow-breathe skill before going into surgery. These past few days, despite the difficulties of traveling back and forth from the hospital and seeing you connected to so many tubes, truly have been such a joy. We have loved getting to hold you, feed you, pray over you, and so many other little things. You are so, so, so loved. Tomorrow is a big day for you, little man. It's your first open heart surgery, the Norwood procedure. I know you won't remember a single second of it or even the days following, but it sure is tough for your mama to see you go through this. I'm so tempted to fear, but if God has taught me one thing through your little life, it is that I can trust him. I'm working on finding some truths from his word to think on throughout your surgery and recovery days, but the one that I always come back to is Romans 8.32. He, God the Father, who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all, how will he, not also with him, graciously give us all things? Another truth that has brought comfort shared by your Aunt Paige comes from Psalm 145, verse 9. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. You are in his hand, sweet John Hudson, and we can trust him. His tender mercies are over all his works. We've got so many people praying for you, and we will get our last few snuggles in with you early in the morning before you head off. We love you more than you'll ever know. After I closed this letter to John Hudson, I wrote the link to a Charles Spurgeon devotional, and that's what I'm going to share today. The devotional opens with Psalm 47:11. God shall choose our inheritance for us. Spurgeon writes, Believer, If your inheritance be a lowly one, you should be satisfied with your earthly portion, for you may rest assured that it is the fittest for you. Unerring wisdom ordained your lot and selected for you the safest and best condition. A ship of large tonnage is to be brought up the river. Now in one part of the stream there's a sandbank. 
Should someone ask, why does the captain steer through the deep part of the channel and deviate so much from a straight line? His answer would be, because I should not get my vessel into harbor at all if I did not keep into the deep channel. So it may be, you would run aground and suffer shipwreck if your divine captain did not steer you into the depths of affliction where waves of trouble follow each other in quick succession. Some plants die if they have too much sunshine. It may be that you are planted where you get but little. You are put there by the loving husbandman, because only in that situation will you bring forth fruit unto perfection. Remember this. Had any other condition been better for you than the one in which you are, divine love would have put you there. You are placed by God in the most suitable circumstances, and if you had the choosing of your lot, you would soon cry, Lord, choose my inheritance for me, for by my self-will I am pierced through with many sorrows. Be content with such things as you have, since the Lord has ordered all things for your good. Take up your daily cross. It is the burden best suited for your shoulder and will prove most effective to make you perfect in every good work to the glory of God. Down, busy self, and proud impatience. It is not for you to choose, but for the Lord of love. Trials must and will befall, but with humble faith to see, love inscribed upon them all. This is happiness to me. I can link to this uh, devotional in the show notes. I'm going to repeat just my favorite line from this. I love this quote from Spurgeon. He says, remember this, had any other condition been better for you than the one in which you are, divine love would have put you there. I hope you get a chance to think on these words more and remember that we have a good heavenly father who sees you he knows you he hears you and he cares for you and at the end of my life when they ask me why i was different i will testify with all my Oh